Day 16, Year 100 of the Dawn The Dream I soared with the giant blue herons in the sky today. We circled on the wings of the wind. I was not a woman, nor a man. I was a free spirit. Home at last. Eve I had this dream last night. It was the most remarkable dream. It seemed so real, as if I were already there, or as if I had been there before. It reminded me of the garden, but it wasn't the garden. I dreamed of a new heaven and a new earth. I dreamed there was no more sea, no more separation between God and me. I dreamed I saw a city coming down from heaven like a bride a beautiful bride in a dress of precious stones. Her dress shone with the glory of God, and the feeling I had when I saw it reminded me of the feeling I had in the garden with God. The iridescent hues spread before her as a mist of healing colors of light that surrounded my whole being, and I was caught up in the splendor of it all. I felt as if I were being swallowed by an everlasting rainbow. I felt as if I were being lifted up into a promise prepared for me before I was, before the earth was made. Before the mist of the garden, before the beauty of the garden, was another garden in a city of lights. There were streets of gold. The gold was liquid, running down the street, pure and fine, and everyone who waited in the gold was purified and began to dance. The foundations of the city were shimmering like sapphires and diamonds that were so bright I could barely look upon them. I was not naked anymore. I couldn't feel my nakedness. I felt clothed in the most beautiful gown of golden silver, the gown was woven by angels, I'm sure. I felt that with that dress, I could fly and live forever. And I heard voices crying out from the new heaven, saying that we were now to be in this garden, which is the eternal canopy of God. And I heard that God would dwell with me, and I with God, and that I shall be with God forever. Not only that, but all of my children were in the train of my gown. Yes, I looked, and all my children and children's children and their children were in my gown, all of those that had called upon the name of God. I felt that we were all being swept into this glorious place. I saw my children, each one of them that ever was and ever would be, those who knew him and I saw Elohim wipe the tears from their eyes, and then I realized that I heard no more crying. Pain and death were consumed in the fiery yet loving presence of Elohim, and then he came to me and lifted me up into the city, and he said that he would make all things new. Then, unexpectedly, I wept and my tears created a raging river that flowed around me like a noose. I wept with regret. I wept with remorse. I wept because if I had known him better in the garden, I wouldn't have needed to know anything else. 
Yes, I could learn anything I wanted and discover hidden truths and mystical mysteries, but there were no mysteries outside of God. They were all in God, and there was never anything else to find out. In fact, it was all a lie that I could be like God. I was already with Him, He in me and I in Him. Elohim held the universe in the span of his hand. I thought of that nasty serpent, that angel of light, the created creature that was not at all made in the image of God, and how I listened to him and ate of the lie-ridden fruit, causing so much pain and suffering in the world. My world, the one that my descendants would inhabit. I had ruined my own world. I had taken my house down with my own hands because I was filled with rotten half-truths and devilish delicacies that did not satisfy. The noose around my neck tightened, and I could not bear the grief I held in my heart at the fate of humanity that had to dwell outside of the garden for thousands of years because of me, because of Adam, because of each and every one of us because of our need to know more than God, when indeed there is no more to be known. For if we know Him, we are known, and the cycle of life is complete in the knowing. I felt paralyzed, and I realized that I was, after all, in a dream, and that evil could come into my dream as well. I could feel the rope made of lies twisted together with other lies, the lies that the father of lies was telling me through the serpent, and I could not escape the tightening as it got worse. I felt as if a heavy presence was on my chest, and I couldn't breathe. Oh, how I wanted to be in the dream of the beautiful city, but I couldn't move. Then I felt the noose that was tightening around my neck become a sticky web that wanted to pull me in another direction into a black hole that smelled of sulfur, a black hole surrounded by a ring of fire, a place of darkness eternally separated from God. It was just a dream, but it seemed so real. If you had been in the dream with me, you would know how I felt. I felt that all was lost, like I did when we were cast out of the garden and separated from God after I made that fatal error from which there was no way back. Oh, if only I had not listened to all those twisted lies. They now came to haunt me, and here I was, before this beautiful, eternal city with no way in. It was at that twinkling, that ordained instant, that a hand reached out to me. I noticed the hand had been terribly scarred by deep wounds, and a voice spoke to me, although I couldn't see the face. It sounded like the voice of many waters, waters that would not engulf me, but would rescue me, and the voice said, Behold, I make all things new. And the wounds of the hand touched the web noose around my neck, and it instantly disappeared. I was instantaneously in the city, where there was no night, and the light of the city shone with the glory of God, and I walked on the foundations of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, 
then sapphire, and then chalcedony, emerald, sardonyx, sardius, chrysolite, beryl, topaz, chrysophrase, jacinth, and finally, amethyst. There were gates of pearls, and then I saw it, the garden. I was in the garden again. A river poured through this new garden, the city of God. It poured from the throne of God, and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which reminded me of the tree of life in the garden. This tree was ripe with fruits that would heal the nations. My children, my descendants, my eggs, my babies. And then the coolest part of the whole dream appeared before me. I knew that there was no more curse here. No more curse. Finally, that nasty curse was broken forever. Broken for all those whom he knew and who knew him. No more pain. No more death. No more hormones. No more he said, she said. No more brother killing brother. No more oppression of women. No more oppression of the helpless, the needy, the dying, the young, the baby girls, the hungry, the sick. There would be no more sickness, no more hunger. Just like it was supposed to be in the garden, there indeed would be peace, eternal peace. The light was so bright as it shone in the city, but it didn't hurt my eyes. It engulfed me in a warm glow of forever oneness with Elohim. I felt the same way I had felt in that dream state when I had just been created and I had come fresh from Elohim's hands. When I had just inhabited my body for the first time and I was waking up to the beauty of Adam and the garden. This dream state seemed like it would go on and on and on forever. If there is a forever, when time as I know it on earth is no more. No more sun, no moon, only the light of the glory of God shining in the perfect city of love. I had set my clock to the rising of the sun, to the setting of the sun, since I could remember. Now there was only the timeless wonder of perfect timing. He had made everything beautiful in his time. I woke up next to Adam, and I knew he could see the city in my eyes for I could see his heart leap to hear of my dream. As I unfolded to him the wonder of the dream, he knew too that it was not a dream, but a distant answer to the cries of his heart and mine, and all those who felt separated from God and the garden and wanted to come back in. This was in. Everything else was out. Maybe the black hole is not so much a dark, vacuous, sucking monster but simply everything that is without good, without Elohim. Brr, I shudder at the thought of how vacant it must be to be forever without. I won't think of it, not anymore. I had seen my future, and I was going to live in that hope from then on through my hundreds of years on earth. And when I passed on, I would wait for the city. I would see it before me, and the hope of it would be my reality and save me like an anchor of hope in a sea of despair. The hope would be the security of my rescue and my children's and descendants' rescues.
Whoever wanted to eat of the tree of life would dwell forever in the city of God. I'm stopping here. I think I have said all that I can. Sure, there is much more to say, as I have seen it all and experienced every human emotion possible for man, ahem, womankind. And I have written down the most important points, and I offer them to you, my daughters, my sons, if you choose to read them. I hope you will drink these pages as an offering of love from the mother of all, who, like you, meant well, made mistakes, fell, got back up again, but through it all carried on to sow a thread of love. That love is so great and consuming that the cloth God helped me to weave through my labors and tears will be sure enough, thick enough, warm enough, and strong enough to last, to cover you with the security that all of the garden should have been yours and can be yours. The truly great gardener wanted it that way and still wants it that way. As I cover you with this comforter, woven from beginning to end, I pray that you will know without a doubt the warmth of the flawless eternal mother, the mother that covers me, the mother side of God, El Shaddai. For when God created the heavens and the earth, he separated the light from the dark, the waters from the air, and went on to separate his creation into the perfect order of his design. But the man and the woman, he joined. He made them perfectly to join into a perfect puzzle. In doing so, he desired to show the mystical union between himself and his human beings, and how he wanted us to come into complete union with him. This union of love cannot be separated by anything, not by life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, serpents of any kind, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. Romans 8 For this love I am persuaded to write these memoirs, to go out on a limb and spread my multifaceted cloth of laughter and tears, woven of these metaphors and lyrics of my inner soul's resounding revelations over the world. I would like to love all of you, each one separately. I would like to jump into the future, into your present, and hold you when you cry and wipe each tear from your eye. I would like to give you all the answers to why there is and will be so much suffering in the world, to why there is pain and death. But I can only give you a glimpse of the garden of God and the love that flows from the river of living waters. If you decide to take a drink, you may not forget your questions and doubts, but you may find they won't matter as much anymore. Love will be your answer. The sun screamed, a universal red. God is not dead. I walk with him in heavenly places, golden tears of moonlight, watered the stars, nourishing the soul of the earth 
the sky gave birth to the nocturnal nectar of the eternal dawn, of which I drank forever. Laurie Matisse My song is a lullaby of love for you. I found my last tear on your face. Eve <laughs>